And Tamar, what's interesting about her is that God made sure that it was Tamar who was in the bloodline of Jesus. Right. Right. Because you have to say that because Tamar was married twice. Twice. To brothers. Yes. To brothers. I saw that. I said, said, okay, Lord, because you would think, again, when you talk about the characteristics of what you want in your bloodline. Yes. Someone who's been married twice. To brothers. Right. To brothers. It's not someone I would ideally pick out, you know. But in that day, that was the tradition. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that Graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Now, I've had the exciting opportunity to have conversations with Alice. Um, we've talked about her book. We've talked about her other adventures. And today, we're going to go ahead and meet her and go ahead and talk a little bit about her book. So I just want to go ahead and give you a little tidbit about Alice. She is a playwright. She is a minister. She's a devoted wife, a devoted mother, and a devoted grandmother. So now, about the sordid lives of Jesus' ancestors. Yes. The title itself got my attention. The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. And go ahead and tell me, why choose this book or choose this title for this book? Well, the reason I chose the title mm-hmm. is because after reading the stories, of the people in the lineage of Jesus, these people had sordid lives. And so the word sordid means sleazy, disgusting, disreputable. And these are the type of people that no one really wants in their family tree. But these are the people that God chose to be in Jesus's family tree. And I just thought that was intriguing. It is. It is very eye-catching. And right underneath the title, it says, Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. Would have never thought that Jesus, I mean, Jesus, the yes. Son of God, yes. his family having <laughs> secrets, you know? And so as you go into the book and you read it, oh, you get, you're amazed and you get surprised, really surprised. It makes you want to go into your five and a lot more. Another thing that was really interesting about your book um, was that you gave the um, perspective from the women. Mm-hmm. And usually the Bible, it gives from men, men, men. It talks about all the males and descendants of the males. But your book focused on the women. So why yes. that? Well, because I believe that God has a special place in his heart for women. And the reason I say that is because God created Eve last, and she was the final masterpiece in his creation, a woman. And when Adam saw Eve, in my imagination, I imagine Eve, I'm sorry, I imagine Adam said, whoa, man. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how beautiful she is, how gorgeous she is, and that she is a woman because she was taken from the man and that she is going to be the mother of all of human creation. So Adam was prophetically saying, whoa, man. So, whoa, she looked. 
and also saying yes. she's a, a man with a womb who's going to be the mother love of it. nations. I love it. I love it. So um, I read this book several times over. And so I had a few questions that I wanted to go ahead and ask Alice. And I just want to take this opportunity to go ahead and do so. Yes. So as we go through the book on page and so it gives the foreign word and then it gives special things. And then it gives an introduction. It says, if it was possible to design your perfect adult offspring before conception, yes. what characteristics would he or she possess? Yes. And then you get to go ahead and you write that. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to go ahead and do that first in the beginning of your book? Well, because I wanted to give people an opportunity to think and to imagine and dream. So if I thought about it, mm -hmm. if, if before conception, I personally design every characteristic that my offspring would possess. Would he be male? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Would he be male? He'd be tall. He'd be dark. Mm -hmm. He'd be handsome. He'd look like my husband. He'd have some of his traits and some of mine. And I just picked the be oh, beautiful smile because I love a beautiful smile. And so then I said, well, I'll start there. But then how does my design compare with God's design exactly. because God had all of the best gene pools to choose from. Mm -hmm. He could choose, you know, the hair and the skin tone and the smile and the personality. He had all of the gene pools to pick from. And then he chose these people, which is a surprise to me. Very, very much surprise, especially as you read into the book. And another thing I love about your book is that Easy words to understand. Yes. It, it draws you. It's very real, very realistic, and I love it. Yes. So the first lady um, we're going to go ahead and talk about is Sarah. So on page 17, you talked about how um, she was not able to conceive. And then um, God bless her womb and she was able to conceive. But she also had a secret. She went ahead and put Hagar and Ishmael. Oh, yes. I don't know. I was like, yeah. I'm going, okay, you got this blessing. So why would you go ahead and put someone out? And especially, I mean, that's something that even that we experience in real life, being put out or having to put a family member or even a friend out. Mm -hmm. So why, um, why do you think, how can you, we relate to Sarah? Uh, Sarah. Well, Sarah was an elderly woman. Sarah, all of her life, she wanted to give Abraham a child, and not just a child. Back in that day, a son was the, the heir, heir of the fortune. And so all women wanted sons. And Sarah was just like any other woman. She wanted a son, and she wanted Abram's son. Mm -hmm. But she was unable to have him, so she had this bright idea. So, okay, I can't have a son. And, you know, I, I know God is going to bless Abram. Mm -hmm. I know that. God already said mm -hmm. he's going to do that. But maybe... God didn't include me in this blessing. Wow. So I'm just going to say, okay, God, you're going to bless Abraham. He's going to be the father of nations. So I'll just give my Egyptian maid. She's young. Right. And that's you know, nothing to do. Yes. And, and not, now she's young, but she's going to have this baby for me. Right. That I can call my own. Right. And I can raise as our own. Right. Yes. And so I'll be invested in this young woman. And her son. Exactly. So she chose a surrogate she, mother. Right? She chose a surrogate mother. And then later threw her out. Changed her mind. And then Leah. So it talks about Leah how, on page 49 about her feelings of despair. And so how can we relate to Leah? E. 
Leah, I believe a lot of single women can relate to Leah. Leah was not a single woman, mm-hmm. but she was treated like one yeah. because Leah was an unloved woman. Her yeah. husband loved somebody else. He preferred yeah. somebody else, but she kept having these babies for this man. And with each baby, she named the baby representing what she was looking for mm-hmm. out of that relationship with her husband. And so we, she ended up having like seven kids. She did. Yeah. And for one man. And, and she, you know, thought that having all of these babies would bring him closer to her. But if it that not, wasn't the case. So wasn't. how many people do that now? How many women? That's true. Do that right That's today. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yep. That is so true. And the amazing thing I like how you pointed out in your book was that Leah is Judah's mother. The lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the royal bloodline of Jesus. And so that I did not know. So I said, really? So then I had to pull my Bible to the side and go, well, gosh, darling, she is absolutely correct. Did not know that. So good point. Ooh, we always that. talk about the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. Amazing. Leah is Judah's mother. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I really did not know that. So I was like, okay. Awesome. And it shows you too. How God can take an unloved woman and he can raise up those offsprings to be huge, powerful people in the bloodline of Jesus. Never would have thought. Mm -hmm. Never would have thought. The next lady I want to talk about is Tamar. Tamar, Tamar, Tamar. Tamar. So let's go ahead and let's talk about Tamar. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want to give a lot of much of the details. But what can you tell me about Tamar? Um, Tamar, I can tell you this. We were just talking about how Judah was in the bloodline of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and it's usually the men, you know, right. that are mm-hmm. in, in the bloodline of Jesus. Exactly. But Tamar, I believe Tamar was the very first woman that was named in Matthew chapter 1 in the bloodline of Jesus. The other ones are implied. Mm-hmm. So if you know Abraham, then you know Sarah is his wife. Right. So that's how it's written about Sarah. But Tamar Mm -hmm. is the very first woman named in the bloodline of Jesus in Matthew chapter Mm 1. And Tamar, what's interesting about her is that God made sure that it was Tamar who was in the bloodline of Jesus. Right. Right. Because you have to say that because Tamar was married twice. Twice. To brothers. Yes. To brothers. I saw that. I said, said, okay, Lori, because you would think. Again, when you talk about the characteristics of what you want in your bloodline, yes. someone who's been married twice is to brothers. Right, to brothers. It's not someone I would ideally right. pick out, mm-hmm. you know. But in that day, that was the tradition. Right. So if one brother had a wife and, she, and he died without leaving offspring, then the next brother was to marry her. Right. And so God made sure that Tamar was in the bloodline of Jesus. The reason I say that mm-hmm. is because the second brother... He was supposed to um, bring up children for the, de- right. the deceased brother. And so this second brother said, oh, yeah, Tamar's fine. I will go ahead and do the duty. But when it came time to leave the sea, right. he would pull out. And God said that was evil. Right. So God wanted Tamar. Do you see? It's Tamar. Yeah. And God yeah. wants to be in the bloodline of Jesus. Right. So Tamar. Yeah, uh, this brother also dies. He pulls out. Mm-hmm. God says it's evil. God gets rid of him. Right. Tamar is then sent away back to her dad's house 
And and Judah, who we were talking right. about, Judah said, okay, Tamar, go to your dad's house. And and, and when my next son, he had a third son. Right. When he's old enough, what? I'll send for him and send for you and you'll marry him. That never happened. Never. Because <laughs> Judah said, uh-uh, no, you're not killing my baby boy. <laughs> no. I said, uh-huh. okay. and I said, so I'm beginning to feel, okay, she feels betrayed. Yes. You know, because she was given this promise that yes. she's going to be a young mom, a young mm-hmm. wife. Yes. And that promise was broken. Yes. So then what happens? Yeah. Then it what gets happens? Juicier. It gets juicier. <laughs> and, and it's all right there in the Bible. Tamar yeah. takes it upon herself and she said, oh, I'm getting mine. I'm going to get what's due to me. And she did. She did. She did. did. We'll just leave it like that. She, she did. did. She did. <laughs> all right. And so now... We're going to go to the next one, Ruth. Mm. Everyone knows the story about Ruth. Mm. You know, um, she was married and then um, along with her sister-in-law and then they both lost their husband. So then it was just Ruth and her sister-in-law and her mother-in-law. And then, you know, things got kind of bad. But, you know, everyone knows about it. And then so Ruth decides to go ahead and move in and live with um, her mother-in-law's Naomi and her people. So how can you how do you think the women of today can relate to Ruth? Well, Ruth was a dedicated daughter-in-law. I mean, she really loved her mother-in-law so much so that she left her home and her family and her country and followed Naomi and having nothing. They really had nothing except a place back in Bethlehem. And she followed Naomi back there. And then this is where she met um, her Boaz. Now, the interesting thing, yes, you say yes, because all the women want to meet Boaz, Boaz, right? But did you know Boaz's mother was a prostitute? Wow. Yeah. That's another subject we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about in that session. Did not know that. Yes. Now, another thing, another favorite part of my book is on page 80, the dramatization part, where you you break it down like a script, like Mm -hmm. a movie screen. I love it. It says, Ruth returns home after working all day in the field. And then Naomi, I've been thinking. And then Ruth says, well, what have you been thinking about, Mom? And then it goes into it. I love it because you can relate. And it just like it like a movie, like you're reading a script. And I love that part. So that's usually different. I've not, I have not read a book where it talks about story and then it puts a script in there and then it goes back into the story, especially a Christian book. And so why do that? Why add that interesting tidbit? Uh, because I, I like drama. I write drama. And so yeah. I thought this was a perfect spot to put a little dramatic piece so that you can kind of relate to it because right. it's life. So right. if you can imagine a conversation between Naomi and Ruth and right. Naomi giving Ruth instructions, mm-hmm. that's what this piece is about. I love it. I love it. We go into the next one, the mother of Jesus, Mary. Mm-hmm. So I can just imagine Mary, a young version engage, you know, about to just marry the love of her life. And then, poof, God says, well, you're about to get pregnant first. Mm -hmm. And then just imagine she's thinking about her reputation. She's thinking about what her family's Mm going to think, um, about what her fiance is going to think. And that's, that would cause stress and Mm -hmm. panic. So then she goes, she visits her cousin and she's just stressed about it. Mm -hmm. And then that makes it like, okay, wow, God gives you an instruction, Mm -hmm. but it kind of still stresses you out, you know? (laughs) Because you have to think about what your friends are going to think and your family's going to think. So tell me um, about Mary. What can you say about Mary? Well, when I started to delve into Mary's story, I started to think about a young woman who was pregnant and needed to tell her fiancé 
that she was pregnant and the baby wasn't his. Right, right. So I think that part made Mary run to Elizabeth because Elizabeth was already pregnant. So this is someone who can relate to Mary because Elizabeth's conception was miraculous as well. So Mary's was immaculate and and Elizabeth's was miraculous. So who else could understand what she was going through? They both had visits from the angel. Wow. Elizabeth's husband had a visit from an angel. Wow. Mary had a visit from an angel. Right. So these two women could communicate on a level that no one else could. Right. These are angelic visitations. And so they can sit there and talk to each other and comfort each other. And Mary, I, I, I took it a bit further because I was saying to myself, okay, so God said she was going to conceive and have a son. Right. And she said, yes, be it unto me as you say. Yep. But sometimes when God tells us something, we start saying, did he really say that? Exactly. Am I really going to have a baby? Mary would be thinking. So when she goes to Elizabeth's house, I think this gives her time to relax, Mm -hmm. get some uh, fellowship or, yeah, with with Elizabeth, and also start to miss periods. Cool. Also, so it's real. Start, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I missed this one. And then start feeling a little kick. Right. And then there's proof. And then I think she can go back and tell Joseph. Wow. Because there's no proof. Right. I could just sound crazy. God said, I'm going to have a baby. baby. And and, and God told me. No. Nope. She had proof. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. And so the impact. So we talked about all these women. And they all had they live lives where you would not have thought that they would have lived. And I forgot to mention one, another one. Oh, oh Rahab. 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 So yeah. sorry, I'm Haitian. So I keep saying Rahab, but Rahab. Oh, yes. yes. We didn't mention her. So yes. let's talk about the impact that she had and what title and what was she doing at that time? Because I was oh, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was, a, she was a wise woman. I'll mm-hmm. say that. She was a wise woman. Mm-hmm. She was a woman who ran a house of ill repute. Mm-hmm. And when we meet her, actually, it's the uh, God's men who introduces us to her. Mm-hmm. Because she, he, Joshua sends the men to spy out the land. And as they go spy out the land, they run into the prostitute's house. And God's men go visit the prostitute. Right, yeah. And it goes from there. And you would think so. Jesus' bloodline carries a clever prostitute. Yes. Clever girl. Clever. A uh, one who carried um, Ruth. She was Jewish, right? I believe. No. no Ruth was a Moabite. A Moabite. She was from Moab. So she was not she Jewish. She was not even Jewish. Not even Jewish. Yes. Not even Jewish. Not even Jewish. And that would disqualify her it's... from being in the bloodline of Jesus. So I'm going. I mean, that's a no brainer. Exactly. And she had been married. So I'm going, oh, 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 wow. So they all had secrets. They all lived lives that were not as ideal as you guys would think yes. toward Jesus' royal yes. bloodline. Royal you know? bloodline. Royal. Yes. I mean, son yes. of God. Son of God. All right. And you go back and you're going, wow. So yes. I would not have chosen her. I would not have no. chosen her. That's me. Nope. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I that's was me. doing. I would not have chosen these women no. to go ahead and. Or men. Or men. Or men, or men, right? Or men to talk to just 
be the royal bloodline of my son. Right. If, if, if I had a yes, choice in the matter. I, exactly. If I had a choice in the matter. And so I was shocked, you know, but it also gave me hope, yes. you know, because I, I'm not perfect at all. Neither mm-hmm. one of us are perfect. No. No. And so the impact that this book had on my life is that it gave me the bravery to go ahead and ask for forgiveness. She, sometimes we're placed in a position where we don't feel like we're worthy of his forgiveness. We don't feel like we're worthy of his love. We don't feel like we're just worthy of him, yes. period. And I'm going, okay, Jesus, you have all of these women, yes. all right, in your bloodline, and you are the son of God, which means that I'm fine, you know? I, I'm brave and I'm like, no, yes. I can go in and ask for forgiveness. Yes. That's the impact that it had on me. So that's the impact it had on me. Is that the impact or what message did you want to give to the world, to the women from based from your book? Actually, I'm glad you asked that. It's actually on the back of my book. And I'm just going to read what it says. The very last paragraph says, it is my hope that you will find these stories refreshing and inspiring. May they whet your appetite to read more of God's word as you gain insight into the lives of these characters. That's my hope, that you will be able to look at that first chapter of Matthew and associate the women and the men and the families and their stories so that you can understand that God sent Jesus into a fallen world and he came right. through fallen people right. Right. so that we could be saved. That's the whole message of Jesus. Yeah. His ancestors are sinners. <laughs> they, they are. They are. They are. I, I mean, was shocked to learn that. Yes. Shocked. Mm-hmm. Shocked. It's going deception, you know, yes. and favoritism. Yes. And it's, it's, it, and it's all in his yes. bloodline. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over, and I cannot put it down. I have recommended it to my sisters, I recommend it to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there is a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right, and also it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You've got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsom.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.